I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome back to the Statman Day Football Podcast. This is episode 18. Today we're going to be discussing the big Champions League games, Arsenal versus Bayern Munich and Napoli versus, of course, the mighty Real Madrid. Then we're going to talk a little bit about Team of the Week, then finish off with a little bit of a preview for Manchester United versus Rostov in the Europa League. A big game for Man United. But anyway, first up, let's start with the news. There's been lots of fallout from the Arsenal versus Bayern Munich game. Stats emerging, such as Arsenal, um, have not got to pass the last 16 of the Champions League for the seventh consecutive season. Really not good enough from Arsene Wenger and the Arsenal players. Other news involving that, Alexis Sanchez was caught on camera smiling after being substituted. More bad news for the Chilean, who probably is going to be out the door in the summer. In terms of the bust-up, uh, Robert Perez, the coach at Arsenal, opened a, he shed a bit of light on the situation, saying there was no training ground bust-up. But Alexis Sanchez just walked out of a session because of a bad tackle. If that's not a training ground bust-up, I don't know what is. Anyway, moving on to Pep Guardiola, who said that it's very important to have English players in the Premier League because they know the league, which has sparked rumours of Guardiola signing Jack Wilshere, Deli Alley, Danny Rose and Carl Walker. All players that would pit fit absolutely perfectly into this Guardiola revolution at Manchester City. And finally, Mourinho has hammered the pitch at Rostov, saying it's unplayable. He doesn't know which players to play. With UEFA coming back, saying that they told Mourinho that the players are insured, so it doesn't matter what happens. But considering United are still in three competitions, getting one injury is a big, big news. So it's, it's going to be a dangerous game for Manchester United and the pitch doesn't look great. Anyway, that's about that for the news. Uh, actually, one last bit, of course, Bayern Munich Twitter account absolutely destroyed Arsenal yesterday, um, tweeting, what time is it? Yep, it's 10-2, with a great picture of Arturo Vidal, the victor, the champion, and the time, in fact, time-stamped UK, it was 10-10, to unfortunate for Arsenal, a big, big defeat on aggregate. But anyway, that moves us nicely on to the Arsenal analysis. Arsenal versus Bayern Munich in the Champions League. Arsenal, again, getting dumped out by the German giants. 
For me, it was an interesting game, but I didn't expect this to be a similar level of a, of a beating that Arsenal received. I thought that Arsenal maybe go down, that they'll put up a fight, you know, similar to the group stages a few seasons ago where they came back to the Emirates and they won the game and they played very well and they didn't make the mistakes that they made in the first game that season in the 5-1 defeat. Unfortunately for Arsenal, it was the same. They started well in that first half, they played well, but then they just opened themselves up to the Bayern Munich counter-attack and the transition from Arsenal's attack to defence was shocking. In terms of the first half, let's talk about the positive first. I think the first positive we've got to talk about is Theo Walcott. He had a decent game. Defensively, was good in that first half. Made four interceptions. That's more than any other player on the pitch. Took his goal very well, but it was a, it was a massive um, menace to David Alaba in terms of uh, Walcott's running in behind. And he consistently got in behind the Austrian international and um, scored a cracking goal. I loved how he, he fainted to look up and then powered the ball past Manuel Neuer on the near post, catching out the German keeper-sweeper. But then he had the similar opportunity where his decision-making was poor. Instead of pulling the ball across, that time, in fact, he went for the shot. And I feel like Theo Walcott's issue in his career has been his decision-making. Again, that goal could have been crucial. That goal would have given Arsenal some momentum. But overall, I thought Theo Walcott added a lot to this Arsenal attack. He's been good this season. And again, it was another good performance in attack. In defence, absolutely not. But we'll take that apart a bit later on. Other good performances, I thought um, Oxley chamberlain did well in central midfield. Uh, you know, completed 10 of his, his 10 take-ons. Another thing that mentioned before how potentially if he's going to be the greatest you know good central midfielder needs to move the ball more not take people on but it was quite good how he drifted out wide in attack when Walcott came inside to be you know a number nine or into the striking position Alex Oxay chamberlain overlapped him created that angle and created a number of good opportunities for Arsenal but apart from that Arsenal were absolutely atrocious were rubbish defensively shocking you go back to the game um, in 2015 against Bayern Munich where they lost 5-1 over in Bavaria and it's the same mistakes. That night, Arsenal went with Olivier Giroud, um, Ozil and Sanchez. Uh, Campbell on the other side and then two central midfielders and it was the same issue that as the game got on, Sanchez stopped tracking, Ozil stopped tracking and of course Olivier Giroud doesn't track, doesn't defend and it became an issue that Arsenal weren't defending with the eight players that you should be defending in this modern game. They were defending with seven. And Bayern were overloading them on the flanks. They scored loads of goals down the flanks. Happened in the first leg. You know, Philip Lahm created more chances than any other player on the pitch in that game. Got a cracking assist. Um, you know, the chances that were created from the other side, from David Alaba to, uh, you know, Lewandowski. And it was the same story. Wenger hadn't moved his tactics on. And that's what happened in the second leg. Instead of it being fullbacks that were creating the issue, it was just leaving the likes of Iron Robin and Frank Ribéry 1v1 with your fullbacks. That's just suicidal. What are you doing? As a manager, how do you set your side up like that? It's so poor. And yes, all this Arsenal fan TV and all these Arsenal fans yeah, get Wenger out. It is slightly disrespectful for a guy that's really done a lot for their club in the last uh, 20 years. But tactically, so poor. Awful. If we break it down, um, Arsenal was set up in uh, you know a 4-3-3 with that central midfield of Xhaka, Ramsey, Oxlade-Chamberlain, the front three of Theo Walcott, Sanchez and Olivier Giroud. First up, Olivier Giroud gives you nothing in a defensive sense. Doesn't press, doesn't harry, doesn't sit in the right position, doesn't block a pass into midfield like we've seen athletic, Atletico Madrid strikers do so well in recent years. Think of how Diego Costa used to defend there. Simple, Diego Costa's a target man, but he works hard. Olivier Giroud just doesn't give you that defensive work. And unfortunately, that is what is catching Arsenal out, that their strikers aren't pressing. For example, if he played Sanchez through the middle, which he should have done, he would have had a little bit more there. Would have had a little bit more going through the middle. A little bit more energy, potentially could have caught Bayern Munich out. Caught Bayern Munich playing out from the back. In fact, it was the other way around. Bayern Munich just caught Arsenal playing out of the backs time and time again. It was pathetic. But anyway, going back to the defensive shape. So with this system, the 4-3-3, 
It's fine if the players drop back into a 4-5-1. But in fact, Arsenal weren't doing that. And they were consistently leaving seven men to defend. And like I mentioned there, Ian Robin scored a goal where he cut into it onto his left foot. So simple. The central midfielder couldn't get over. Surely they've spent some time and they've looked at that goal and they've said, OK, right, we need to both of our wide players to track back. Or alternatively, you have someone like Ramsey, you have someone like Oxley chamberlain filling over to the flank, covering that position. But arguably, you need that sort of swing effect that the winger on that side will come over. So, for example, if um, Oxley chamberlain let's say, for this example, goes over to that left wing, um, then you've got Ramsey and Zachary in central midfield. Theo Walcott needs to be busting his gut to make that second that bank of four up. And that was the problem with Arsenal. It was too lazy. So pathetic from the players and the management and the tactics. Of the, it was just absolutely awful. You can't break on Bayern Munich if you're not going to set your block up well. And their block was poor. And again, Bayern Munich just dominated them. They dominated them and it was so easy. Monreal got, had an absolute nightmare. Whether it was just um, I am Robin taking him one-on-one or it was you know Rafina who overlapped a few times but not as much as Philip Lahm did in the first leg. They've just got so battered. And unfortunately for Arsenal, it's the same mistakes year on year on year. And maybe it's time for Arsene Wenger to move on. I think that's it. I think that's the summary of that done. Um, Arsenal, again, so, so poor in the Champions League. In terms of what Bayern Munich did, they were fantastic again. This Bayern Munich team has so many strings to its bow. It wasn't Thiago who was man of the match yesterday in central midfield. In fact, it was Vidal. Vidal was so good. I'd like to see Vidal play for Arsenal and see what the result was. Imagine you switch out uh, Olivier Giroud for Vidal. Vidal plays off Alexis Sanchez. That game goes differently. You have a leader in there. You have someone that's angry, someone that can press, someone that can win a tackle. Arguably, you know, that, that he did take a, you know, he took one of the Arsenal players out on the counter-attack and it maybe it was a pretty dangerous tackle. Could have seen red, but he had a really, he was absolutely fantastic everywhere in terms of goals, scored the most on the pitch. The two goals that he scored, the chip for his first goal was fantastic. What a goal. You know, this guy has everything. Complete midfielder, can press, can work hard and can finish. And it's just, you know, a perfect footballer in terms of his defensive stats won more tackles than any other player on the pitch made more interceptions than any other player on the pitch and completed more passes than any other player with 76 passes he was just so dominant a dominant performance from Vidal and I can just see if imagine put him in the other team does that game change change the managers around does that game change do Arsenal get the win I'd probably say they'll be far more competitive they probably beat Bayern Munich at home and I think that is the problem with Arsenal that they lack these leaders they lack these players that dictate the tempo but not in an attacking sense in a defensive sense that's what Vidal did he dictated the game from a defensive midfield and that is incredible considering you know he didn't dictate in terms of controlling the speed of the game like someone like Chabi Alonso did he dictate the game by his work rate his energy his ability to win tackles and Arsenal just lack someone like that they'd lack a leader and again Koscielny getting sent off um, definitely uh, yeah you can see why it's a red card last man 100% red card uh, you know bad mistake and Koscielny it's interesting you know the he is a top, top defender, but he's liable to that mistake. And unfortunately, Arsenal, there's too many players that, that either lack concentration in these bigger games, lack defensive um, structure, whether it is them or their manager. There's still there's still some some responsibility on these players. And that unfortunate for Arsenal is the worst part about it. The players, stu- you know, they just stepped back and they took a beating. After the Bayern Munich went 2-1 up, you know, you want your players to come together. Or even at 1-1, let's say, players come together, right, with 10 men here. Let's keep it. Let's put a performance in. Let's be tight. Let's be structured. Let's just see if we can score a goal on the counter-attack. A 1-1 draw, um, you know, you, you continue your season. A 5-1 defeat, that's it. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible. Disgrace to the fans, the club and everything. And it, it's just, I don't understand what Arsenal were doing. You know, t- two of the goals came from them playing out of the back with one less man. What Go long. You've got Olivier Giroud on the pitch. Go long. Simple, simple football stuff that, again, Arsenal getting wrong uh, time and time again. And it's, it, it's frustrating. 
I can see why Arsenal fans get frustrated, but Bayern Munich are a fantastic team and Bayern Munich will win the Champions League this season. They just look so good. Carlo Ancelotti has them absolutely, you know, playing the perfect way down to a tee. And with their variation in attack, we saw Costa come on, took his goal very well, set up another goal. And we're thinking Rob Ribery, Robin, without even talking about Kingsley Coman, that is variation on the counter-attack, which suits these players. Pep Guardiola, they had that variation, but there wasn't enough space to run into a space to attack. With Ancelotti, there would be space created by them sitting deep, being a little bit deeper. You know, even Lewandowski had a poor night. Lewandowski scored his penalty, but he missed three big chances. And Bayern still won 5-1. Not good enough for Arsenal or Arsene Wenger. It's probably time for him to go in the summer. Uh, but, you know, the fans have got to give him a good send-off. I think that's it's their responsibility to give Arsene Wenger a good send-off. This is the last year he's going to be there. They're out of the Champions League. They're out of the title race. We might as well get behind the boys. Celebrate Arsene Wenger's reign at Arsenal. That's about it. Anyway, moving on to a, a more fun game. Uh, you know, one that wasn't as frustrating and tactically so poor. Napoli up against Juventus. What a fantastic game of football. Napoli in the first half were brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. The f- football that Sari's got these guys playing is incredible. S- quick, high-tempo passing football. You know, moving oppositions from the left and transitioning the ball through a quick passing move to the right. And it was summed up by their goal. Their goal was brilliant. Uh, Diawara, who had a brilliant game, we'll talk about him in a, in a, in a few seconds, it made an interception. They recycle the ball, goes to Kulabali. Kulabali plays a full pass to Hamzik, overloaded that zone of the pitch, um, a little pass to Insignia, back to through to what's he called, Dries Mertens. Goal time. A fantastic. I love that goal. That's probably one of my favourite goals this season. So quick, so agile, so pacey. And that's what uh, Sari's got this Napoli team playing. There's time and time again where they play these quick, short passing moves from back to front. So quick, so, you know, so beautiful in a way. It's beautiful football. Unfortunately, on the other side of Sari's, a little bit naive defensively. Maybe they, were, they exposed their back four a little bit too much with their high pressing and that played into Real Madrid's hands. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. But, you know, there were some top performances. Insignia is a really good player. Juice Mertens uh, stepped up. Um, hit the post, scored a goal, but his build-up play was very good. 
Someone like Hamzik had a good game. So there's a lot of positives with the Napoli team. And, you know, with, you know, Asari gets his style of football nailed and they sign a few more players, they're going to compete for Serie A and they're going to be competitive in the Champions League. I think this is a big learning curve for them. Um, they've got some really good players in there. They're left back, they're centre back. They're, they're just, they're an exciting team to watch. And I hope that Sari keeps some of these players and they don't get drawn out because DOR, again, fantastic in central midfield. You know, 19 years old, right? He's playing against Cruz and Luka Modric and Casemiro. Three of the best central midfielders in their respective roles in the world. What does he do? Completes more passes than any other player on the pitch. In fact, completes 89 passes against uh, Real Madrid. That's more, five more, in fact, than Cruz and Modric managed combined. And that is the quality of the young lad. At Bologna, he had lots of potential. At Napoli, Sarri has turned him into a beast. A midfield beast. But also Insignia, very good as well. In terms of Real Madrid, though, saved again by Sergio Ramos. That's happened so many times in recent years. First up, we go to the semi-final against Bayern Munich. Real Madrid winning 1-0. Um, they scored a goal at home at the Bernabeu. So they won that game 1-0, second leg. Who steps up with two massive headers from set pieces? Sergio Ramos. Then the final. Final comes down. Atletico versus Real Madrid. Atletico. What a team that was. Costa through the middle. Now, uh, you know, players like Gabby in midfield. Absolutely fantastic team. Who steps up? 92nd minute in added time in a European Cup final, Sergio Ramos with the header. Fantastic goal. Brilliant goal. What does he do? Um, you know, the Super Cup final, a few seasons later and so forth. Goals again. Champions League final uh, last season. Scores the opener. Allows Real Madrid to sit back, soak up the pressure. And what does he do again? Scores a massive goal in the Champions League that completely swung the tie and then finished it off with another goal. You know, argue, you could argue that it was an own goal, Dries Mertens heading it to his own goal, but it was a shot on target, so I'm going to credit it to Sergio Ramos. And he, you know, he's going to, going to be go down as a modern-day great. The start of his career, a little bit rash, a little bit uncontrolled. What he's done in recent years is he's just been defensively fantastic. The way he pressurises opponents into, um, you know, making mistakes, forcing, forcing them out wide. He's so agile on his feet, can win tackles, interceptions and so forth. He's just a fantastic player. In terms of the stats, you know, four tackles, 100% of them won. Um, he made eight interceptions in the game, more than any other player on the pitch. Ramos just rocked, absolutely rocked. And I think we're going to go back in a few years and realise Sergio Ramos was, you know, one of the best centre-backs in our time. Just fundamentally brilliant for this Real Madrid team. You think of a Ledesma where they had quite poor balance in midfield, the amount of times he had to come out and sort of join the midfield and be a defensive midfielder from centre-back. So versatile, so good. And a credit to Real Madrid, who go through um, to the quarterfinals and they are looking good. There was a few moments where I thought that their midfield structure wasn't as good as it was under Ancelotti, where Sarri's men, you know, cut them cut them through with a, uh, you know, a lovely pass from centre-half or defensive midfield, which they might have to work on because if they get exposed like that against somebody like Bayern Munich, they're likely to get cut open a lot worse than Napoli did. You know, Napoli, a little bit... Too many long shots, too many poor decisions in that final third. A little bit of immaturity, but it is their first time in the Champions League at this level for you know a number of years. So you know you expect that from these young players, but they're good, impressive. I'm, I love what Sarri's doing. Zidane, another good win for him in terms of Morata. Again, not started, but came on and grabbed a goal. He's got to start the next game. This Real Madrid team just—they need someone like Morata. They need someone that's just a goal scorer. I don't think Benzema fits this team at the moment. Unfortunately, I could see the end of Benzema in the summer. Gareth Bale coming back and playing pretty decent. Isco made a good impact off the bench and so forth but anyway Real Madrid taking the tie going through to the quarterfinals and they will be classed as one of the favourites in the tournament with the, the attacking talent they have around a little bit of a quiet night hit the post uh, in the first half but overall had a decent display but it was Sergio Ramos who saved the day moving on then 
let's um, let's do a little bit of uh, team of the week. Um, of course, there's been a lot of games this week, so team of the week is uh, is going to be a good one. Going to go with this week. We're going to go with a three-five-two. Uh, obviously, I like my tactics. I like my balance. Hopefully, this team does work out in terms of balance. So let's start off in goal. I think we're going to have to go with David De Gea for his one v one save that he made on Benekafobi, keeping uh, you know a single point for Manchester United. But it's not just this moment that he deserves it. It's just a continual you know performances week in week out where David De Gea is making these big saves. And again, it was a fantastic save. One v one, David De Gea at the moment is the best keeper in the world by a country mile. In terms of the back three in front of David De Gea, I'm going to keep it very Chelsea. Chelsea against West Ham on Monday night. Their back four was incredible. Aspi Laqueta with his ball playing. David Luiz with his calmness. Imagine saying that last season. And of course, Gary Cahill with his power, his pace. Cahill was one that did a really good job on Andy Carroll. Andy Carroll that's been a threat in, in recent weeks to certain teams. Just physically bullied him. Aspil Equator was a great option out the back, you know, starting a number of counter-attacks that Chelsea was so good on the break. But it was their back three that gave them that solid base. And the one in the middle, David, David Luiz, who's bossing the show, commanding that area, he's just been fantastic this season and really got under the radar. You know, sold by PSG because he was considered one of the worst defenders over in Liga. Comes to Chelsea, Conte is giving him the responsibility and he's taken that so well. I'm so impressed by that back three this season. The best back three in European football right now. Big statement there. Over into midfield, I think we'll start off with our defensive midfielder and we're going to go with uh, Ruddy, the Hoffenheim uh, defensive midfielder. Again, knits everything together for this Hoffenheim team. The 3-5-2 they play, it's pivotal on his ball playing and his distribution. But what, what he did so well at the weekend, um, defensively was perfect. Made 11 interceptions, the most in the Bundesliga at the weekend and uh, you know pushed Hoffenheim over, over to, to pick up their big victory, the 5-2 win at the weekend so you know a big big display from him as well and going to Bayern Munich what a signing again Bayern Munich making great signings within their league and over into midfield I think it's going to be Vidal just because he was so dominant against Arsenal a fantastic performance from the he's sort of like a warrior isn't he he's an absolute warrior Vidal you know won the most tackles made the most interceptions completed the most passes and of course scored the most goals fantastic display at the Emirates partnering him of course is going to be Naby Keita a guy that I raved about on Monday, uh, but he deserves the rave reviews. Completed more dribbles than any other player in the Bundesliga from central midfield. Brilliant assist. Is just overall playing the final third. It's so high octane, so exciting. And that partnership of Vidal, Rudy and uh, Keita would be absolutely perfect. Over to the left-hand side, I'm going to give it to Luke Shaw. Fantastic display against uh, Bournemouth before getting taken off. One more tackles than any other player on the pitch. But it was just, his positioning was really good. That's what I was so impressed about, his positioning. Because that's something that Mourinho hammered him on. Uh, the Watford game, his positioning was very, very poor, um, especially if one of the goals, but he was really, really good. Made his tackles at his right time, moved out of his position and um, went for the ball at the correct moment. And it was a good display from um, Luke Shaw, the ex-Southampton left back. On to the other side, it's going to be an interesting uh, five-man midfield. We're going to throw Koke at right midfield. Great performance for Atletico Madrid. Pushed out to the right, which was quite interesting. Carrasco to left-hand side. Saul partnering uh, Gabby in central midfield. Played a number of brilliant through balls to Griezmann. Griezmann and Koke is such a nice relationship. But what it means with uh, Koke pushing out sort of wide right is it gives him that freedom. When he plays central midfield, I feel he's a little bit restricted. But when he plays wide, he drifts inside and uh, you know drifts into the number 10, which sort of helps out the whole uh, Diego Simeone system because they can overload teams centrally. His assist was brilliant, carried the ball over the halfway line. Brilliant through ball to Anton Griezmann, who of course took the ball away. But there were some other passes that were fantastic, you know, picking up the ball at right midfield, getting his head up and playing a through ball down the channel that Griezmann again got onto the end on but missed 
It's just a fantastic talent, Koke. He can play in so many positions. But maybe this right-hand side or the left-hand side could be his best position, not centrally. You know, the David Beckham of Spanish football right now. In terms of our front two, it's going to be a tasty lineup. Of course, Lionel Messi. What a talent. What a player. If you've never seen Lionel Messi before, you know, you've got to, you've got to watch him. He's one of the best up-and-coming players in world football. At the weekend against um, Celta Vigo, directly involved in all five of the goals. Uh, you know, the two goals, two assists, and played uh, the pre-assist for the other goal. Just a great display. Lionel Messi is back. And let's finish it off with his partner, the Hurricane Harry Kane, who won the battle of young Premier League strikers at the weekend, Tottenham versus Everton. Again, I did a great analysis of that on Monday, so make sure you go and check out that. Either watch it on YouTube or check it out on iTunes, where I broke down who I felt was better, Lukaku or Harry Kane. Not going to give you the answer right now, so go and give it a listen. But that is the team of the week. So front to back, we've got David De Gea in goal, Aspilicueta, David Luiz, Gary Cahill, Sebastian Ruddy, um, and then our midfield four of Koke, Vidal, Naby Keita, Luke Shaw, and then a front two of Messi and Kane. I'd like to see that in action. I think that's got a lot of legs in midfield, a lot of creativity with Koke and Keita, and of course, Messi Kane. What a partnership that'd be up front. But anyway, moving on, let's talk about Rostov versus Manchester United in the Europa League. A big game for Manchester United, who arguably need to focus the majority of their resource in the Europa League this season. A winnable tournament for them. Consider the two teams that are probably left in this right now um, are Leon and, and uh, Leon and Roma, who in fact are playing each other in this round of ties. United go away to Rostov. Rostov have, have impressed this season. They won the, the Russian Premier League last year. Uh, they beat Bayern Munich. They gave Atletico Madrid a really good game. In terms of their tactics, they play a 5-3-2. Uh, they sit back and they get a lot of they get basically get their 10 men behind the ball. The two strikers work very hard. Usually the, the coach goes for sort of two um, in a way, number 10s. Um, you've got Asmoon, who's their, probably their best player. He scored the most goals from last season in their historic title win. He's a good player. He can break very well. Got a very nice touch on him. Can finish. Aerity is a little bit of a threat as well. He's quite deceptive. He's not that tall, but can, can got a good leap on him. Can bring players into play that way. So he could be a good asset for, for Rostov. In terms of the game against Bayern, he in fact made set six clearances. So that is the nature of their system, that their two strikers are working back very hard. His partner, uh, Polos, as well has done quite well this season um, in the Russian Premier League scoring a few goals and that forth so they, they're quite a nice partnership together in terms of at the back season Navas has been at Rostov for a few seasons moved over to Ruben Kazan uh, won the league there then moved over to Rostov won the league at Rostov uh, 37 years old a tall lad so if United potentially can use someone from a wide area be it um, Juan Mata's runs or Anthony Martial's runs that could really catch out Cesar Navas in terms of Manchester United they've got to go for the win they've got to play their best team I'm not too sure what to go about with centre-backs for Manchester United because they're all a little bit dodgy with Smalling, Rojo and Jones given that Eric Bay is out suspended. I'm probably going to go with Jones and Rojo just because they work quite well as a partnership. Uh, Daly Blind probably at left-back, Valencia right-back, Herrera, Pogba midfield, three behind Zlatan, of course, have got to be Anthony Martial. And then Mickey Mata. That's got goals in it. That's got potential. I was looking at some stats the other day in terms of through balls. Henrik Mkhitaryan really shines in the Premier League. Out of his eight through balls that he's played this season, he's completed five of them. So if we can get Henrik Mkhitaryan in that number 10 slot, either through balls to strikers or through balls to inside forwards running in, or in fact how he uses the ball quite well to the to the fullbacks, played a number of decent passes to Asher Young in recent weeks, and of course Antonio Valencia. And that's the team, and United need to blow these guys away. But I expect it could be quite a high-scoring game, given the game we saw in Rostov uh, between Atletico and Rostov and the Bayern game. So it could be a good one. Get in touch. It's 6 o'clock on Thursday night. But anyway, guys, um, that's been that for today. That has been the Statman Day Football Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed episode 18. 
Again, thanks for listening. Subscribe to iTunes, subscribe to my YouTube channel, follow me on Twitter, do all the good things. Check out the front three as well because we are mint at podcasts if you haven't listened. See you later, guys. Over and out. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.